This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. I have another daughter named Marivy, and I asked her what she wanted to be when she grew up, and she said... I was thinking about maybe being a vet or a nun. And then she said, and then she goes, wait, she goes, as soon as she said nun, she goes, wait, how much money do they make? Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're listening on a smart speaker or website, make sure to find me on your favorite podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, Google, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Momming today with Rachel Campus Stuffy, uh, the author of Ooh. her first children's book, Paloma Wants to Be Lady Freedom, and also eight months pregnant with child number nine. nine. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again, Rachel. Thank you, Lauren. It's always a pleasure to be on your sh- on your show. So, okay, let's add another another hat to your many uh, <laughs> author, author, <laughs> children's book author. This was my first one, and I have to tell you, it's, it was so exciting to finally see it come out and it's such a personal story to me um so i'm really excited about it and this is about daughter number six right well she kind of inspired it so what's interesting is you know as you know my husband is a congressman Mm -hmm. um and when we when he was elected we as a family none of us had ever been inside the capitol building so when paloma was four years old um, almost five at the time she went to the capitol for the very first time and just fell in love. I mean, if you've never seen the Capitol building, it's just magnificent. And what she really noticed was something I hadn't, didn't even notice, which was there's this gorgeous statue that sits on the top of the Capitol. Her name is Lady Freedom. It's actually the highest point in all of Washington, D.C. Oh, wow. And she wanted to know all about this statue. I didn't know anything about this statue. I went to school in Washington, D.C. I'd never even heard of this, this statue. Lady yeah, exactly. It, there's, it's sort of this unknown piece of history. Well, she really just fell in love with it when I, to- when I learned about Lady Freedom and who she was and what she represented. She decided she wanted to be Lady Freedom. And she literally had questions like, how can I can I get how do I get down when mm-hmm. I'm done? You know, can my siblings come up and see me? Oh. I know super sweet. She even because she was so girly girl. If you notice, Lady Freedom has this gorgeous helmet with stars in front. And she actually said at the time, Paloma had a little bob and she said, well, what will I do with my bangs? And I'm like, well, we can hold them back, you know, in the helmet. <laughs> and that year she wanted to be Lady Freedom for for Halloween and, you know, they don't make it at Walmart, so I had to put that one you together. You had to make it, okay. <laughs> I had to make it. But the story um, was inspired by her and her fascination with Lady Freedom. One day when we were in Disney, I actually lost Paloma. So that also inspired mm. the story because the little girl gets lost inside the Capitol. And that was inspired by a very terrifying moment at Disney World. Um, and and also about my mother because this, in this story, the little girl named Paloma, her father becomes a U.S. citizen and wants to take the family to Washington, D.C. to celebrate it. And Paloma doesn't really want to go. She's missing a birthday party, and she doesn't really get what's the big deal about becoming an American or being an American. And in a way, that's sort of what I had when my mom became an American citizen when I was in kindergarten. 
I didn't really get what that was really about and how how significant it was to my mom. So this story sort of encapsulates all of that. Um, Paloma's fascination with the building, my own fascination with our capital because it is the most beautiful capital. How old is your daughter Paloma now? She's 11. 11. Um, And at what point were you like, oh, I'm going to write a children's book? So I gave gave a speech once um, to a group of, of conservatives about you know, how my daughter was so fascinated by and wanted to be Lady Freedom. And so many of us are out in the political world and doing, you know, these were a group of activists who were, you know, fighting for issues that they cared about. And and so many of them were women. And I thought, you know, we all want to be Lady Freedom, too. We all want to protect freedom. We all want um, to appreciate our country. So uh, one of the ladies actually in, in the group said, gosh, you should write a story about it. And I thought, God, she's so right. But also... The timing of when this book came out, I think, is so um, serendipitous because we're living in a time that, you know, parents are complaining all the time about how divisive our politics are and how they are. It is. And it is. And but when you go to the children's section and I know you've done this, Lauren, I, I don't know if you've noticed most of the books out nowadays for children focus so much on diversity which is a wonderful thing. I mean, my the little character in my book is Latina, just like, you know, my daughter is Hispanic American as well. But I think we're focusing so much on diversity because it's kind of a trendy thing mm-hmm. that we're forgetting to tell our kids stories about what really unites us as Americans. And I think if we start with what kids, that? our American history, our love of freedom, the American dream, whether you are a natural born citizen from, you know, born and bred here in the United States or you're an immigrant or the daughter of an immigrant, we all want the American dream. And people come to this country for a very specific reason. It's not like it's people just kind of randomly pick it out on a map. My grandparents who um, immigrated to the United States came because there is something about this idea of freedom and the kind of opportunity that is unique to this system of government and this economic system that um, creates opportunity and allows people to really achieve the American dream. So our history, our love of freedom, our pursuit of the American dream, these are things that unite us, and these are things that as parents we should be focusing on a lot more, especially now. And that's what I hope parents will get out of this book, as well as a fun story yeah. for for kids. A lot of people just take being American for granted. It's I'm, so I'm third true. generation, so right. I, you know, I don't Italian have Ameri- Italian-American. If you, but if I, you see Lauren, you know <laughs> she's Italian. I just, you know, I <laughs> she just breathe Italian. it. I breathe garlic. Um, no, but when I, I remember my grandparents, because they were first generation. Sure. Just telling me stories. When great-grandpa came here, he set up the ice business, and the ice business became this business, and we set all of this up, and those stories are just so great. Well, um, it's, it's so true. And I lost touch of that. Well, and the thing is, that's what's so great about immigration, legal immigration in particular, because legal immigration means you come through a process. And like my mom, who went through the process, it was a deliberate choice. She learned about American history. She learned about our, our what, what this all means. And many times, you know, I, I, I'm Catholic, and we often say as Catholics that Catholics make the best converts. Immigrants make the best citizens because they chose it yep. so deliberately. They, they can't take it for granted because they, they know what it's like to not have that freedom, to not be an American. And so that is also a very topical thing for us right now because— there has been politically a conflation of illegal and 
and legal immigration. And I think it's unfortunate because it actually devalues citizenship and citizenship, um, especially done in that immigrant way, is is a less is, is a wonderful thing for the person who becomes an American. But also, if you've ever been to an immigrant um, naturalization ceremony, actually. it is the most amazing thing. And it really makes you so proud to be an American, to see all these faces. And there's actually that's why I chose the very first image in the book is of an immigration Go ceremony. There. There's no words. You, can, you you just look at it and you know exactly what's happening in that picture. And you have a picture of a, a woman with a hijab. With a hijab. And, and, a, and there's a Sikh man, I think, in uh-huh. the back. The and diversity all, of the America. The diversity, an Indian man. Mm-hmm. And they're all raising their right hands. And one little girl is waving the American That's flag. That's Paloma Paloma. That's Paloma. That's Paloma waving her flag. And the point is that... You know, this moment, these people are saying, I'm renouncing my old country that I came from. I'm becoming an American and I am going to defend the Constitution in this country from this point forth. That is a and very powerful opportunity thing. for my family. Right. And you and I didn't do that. We just were born here. Yeah. Which is great. We're just lucky. <laughs> but this is a very deliberate choice. What does Paloma want to be when she grows up? My my own Paloma or this Paloma? You are the real one. Paloma. The real one. You know what? After this experience, because she loves to draw, she's actually said, maybe I want to be an, a, a children's book illustrator, oh, wow. which I thought was kind of interesting. She draws all the time, but she loves science, and so she's also okay. very interested in that. Um, I have another daughter named Mari V, who's the one right underneath um, Paloma, and I asked her what she wanted to be for when she grew up recently, and she said... I was thinking about maybe being a vet or a nun. And then she said, and then she goes, wait, she goes, as soon as she said nun, she goes, wait, how much money do they make? And your answer? Your I answer? said, you're not going to be a nun. <laughs> if that's your first question, it's yeah, not in the cards. It's done. Uh, next. Um, so I'm so curious to see the rest of your kids' reaction when they found out that Paloma got a book. After her, right. are they all like vying, jealous right now? It's like, let's get mom to write, you know. Yeah, they have asked me, like, when are you going to write about me? But, you know. Every- so what's next? What are you going to write about? I don't know. You know, I worked. This 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 book was inspired by Paloma, but my uh, she started when she was 13. I started writing this book a couple years ago. So when my 15-year-old was around 13, 14, 15, she has been really helping me with the book. We it, This has been a partnership with my 15-year-old. Oh, my goodness. Well, that it's was my question. Great. When you so started awesome. writing this, you know, what was your life like? You were, how old were your kids? How many did you have? Because let's face it, we don't have the time to right. do our real jobs, be the wife of a congressman, right. be a mother, and, oh, let me write a book yeah, in, I, the, in, the process, <laughs> in the process, in my spare time. Well, you know, it ended up being a very bonding experience for her. For us, I learned through the process that she has a very keen eye for marketing, and she uh, and also she's a very innocent teenager, which I'm very thankful for. And I think because she has little siblings and she reads to them and she plays with them, she knows little kids very well. And so she was sort of a conduit for me to kind of make sure that what I was writing and what we were putting out would resonate with people, little kids that were Paloma's age, Muddy V's age. Margarita's age, the age of the kids you that knew were your I, audience. I knew my my, I, and when I was off mark, she would get me right back on mark. So this has oh, been wow. a really great bonding experience for me. Bulk of it was written in the summer, 
we have a little lake house up in oh, uh, northern summer. Wisconsin. Uh, no, last, last summer. summer. Okay. Last summer. Bulk of it was written then, um, and we have a little lake house where things do slow down a little bit. No activity summers, right? Yeah, I, yeah. You, Lauren knows me. I, I am like the anti-activity mom. Oh, it's stressful sometimes. <laughs> All the is. carpooling and like, no, to do nothing. In the summer, I say nothing. Yep. No activity. And look, you were productive. I was productive. And I got to do something with my kids, so that was pretty cool. They must be so proud to go, like, walk into... Have you gone into a store with them yet, a bookstore, to see it on the shelves? Not yet, because it just just launched today today. inside the bookstores. So we're going to do that this weekend when I get back. You have to send me a photo of all of you guys, like, holding that book. I absolutely will. And, and, um, but they did get to see it up on Amazon, and they thought that was pretty cool. that's even cooler for their generation, actually. (laughs) Look at this. I'll send you a link. Um, (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, so everyone's back in school or not yet? Yes. Yeah, so I got them all. They all had their first day last week, uh-huh. um, which is why I plan to come to New York this week. And right. Sean is home with them because he doesn't go back to Congress until next week. So and he's retiring. Out perfect. He is. He is. It's gonna, it, last week was a crazy week for us. Yeah. And then some. <laughs> yeah. We So we're having our baby in October and we learned that our baby has some health issues. And so... We, as you can imagine, already have a really, you know, slim bandwidth, you know, as it is. I mean, we're just so stretched. And we just knew that we had to make more time for this baby and to meet the needs of all the other kids. And, you know, the life of a congressman is very, very difficult and very hard on the family. And, you know, no regrets. We love what we do. And and, um, and I think, you know, my husband just loves his job. And that was the hardest part was mm-hmm. like – you know, him stepping away from something he loves to do. And for me as a wife, you you love when your husband loves his job, you know. So mm-hmm. for me, that was a little scary because I don't really know what he's going to do. Um, right now, he has a really big to-do list. <laughs> I'm nesting, and he hasn't <laughs> done a lot lately because he works so hard. Um, so he's 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 catching up on, on, on chores, on kids. He's home this week with them. Um, but we needed to make that space. And then I think once we get a handle of – exactly what it's all going to be for our baby, um, then we'll kind of decide, you know, see what God has in store for us. You know, maybe he'll go back to politics. Maybe he'll do something else. But we just had to... You're resetting right now. Yeah, and I think that as moms, we really, you know, we can choose to do something, but when a baby comes or a health issue comes or maybe your mom or dad is sick, as as moms, as daughters, we sort of have to sort of reassess and recalibrate all the time. And I think this was a moment for our family to kind of, and it wasn't like baby has a heart problem, maybe some de- developmental issues um, were quitting. I mean, there are lots of signs that come when you're, I mean, I, I think every congressional family about every six months kind of reassesses and goes, why are we doing this? How right. are we doing this? Because it's really, I mean, your husband's gone or your spouse, if you're, there's a lot of women in Congress too. I mean, your spouse is gone four days a week in D.C., which means puts a lot of pressure on, on the mom who's home and also puts a lot of pressure when that congressman or woman comes home because they have to deal with the issues at home. And they have to deal with the home issues and also they're in their district. So it's right. a very demanding job. Um, Sean served for eight and a half years, okay. which is a long time to do it. I just ran into Jason Chaffetz in the hall yeah. um, over here. He served for about— What was his advice? He's well. First of all, if you see him, he looks amazing, and he looks um, super happy. I know. I, <laughs> I, he, okay. So that was very reassuring. You look at him, and then you Google his age, and you're like, these things just don't, don't go match. together. I agree. And if you ever met any of his kids, 
yes. striking. Yeah, striking. absolutely. And he looks happy. And we kind of talked a little bit about how, you know, it's hard because they love their colleagues and they love the work they're doing. And it is important to do. But at the same time, um, it's service. It's not a lifetime appointment. Right. And, you know, it's a good thing to go and do your time and leave. Maybe you come back. Maybe you don't. But um, there's something good about about people, you know, sort of refreshing the system and, yeah. and not and not feeling like new you're ideas, in, new ideas and not feeling like you're entitled to this seat and right. letting go. Like, it's, it was funny, Lauren, because I as we got closer, you know, we knew we we're going to, you know, a few weeks ahead. We we're like, OK, we're going to do it. And we knew the date. And as the date got closer, Sean's like, wow, I really get why people you know, in history, have a hard time letting go of power. It's really hard, you know, yeah. but it's a good thing and it's healthy for our democracy. Yeah. Um, when you got the news that your baby would have some difficulties, was that the first bad news you got when it came to to motherhood? Yeah, actually it was. And so here is that nine, the ninth child. I've always had, you know, thankfully... I'm giving. I'm doing the sign of the cross here in front of Lauren. I am. Too, I've actually. always had very, very easy pregnancies, very easy births, so it was really quite a surprise to me. And I was on the phone with my husband, and, and an unknown call came through. And I said, "Oh, let me just click over." And I had an ultrasound scheduled for the next day, and it was my doctor saying, "Listen, I want to give you just a, a, a heads up because I don't want you to get surprised tomorrow that it looks like you know the baby has some heart issues and and." That usually is a marker for, you know, some other issues that could that could developmental issues that could happen. We don't know, but you should just be aware of that. So you're not. So I got back and I was a little bit like flustered because I I, I didn't know I didn't know who the call was from, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was I was kind of thrown off and I went back to the line and said, "Hey, Sean, are you sitting down?" And he's like, "Yeah." And I told him the news and he was like, "Is that it?" That's okay. We can we can Aww. handle this. And I, I haven't been worried about it ever since because I knew that he was going to make sure that we could handle it. Um, oh, my God. I'm like and tearing he did. up right now. I know. <laughs> and he did. And he made a really, you know, I think a courageous choice um, to go, you know what, this finally, you know, we've been getting signs. Maybe it's time to listen to the signs and let's do this. And I, because I'm pregnant, you know how it is when you're getting close to birth. I mean, you're already preparing the last thing you want is some other thing, you know, unpredictable thing. And obviously, you know, leaving Congress was a big decision and involves him having to figure out what he's going to do next. And I didn't want to face that. But I'm glad that my hormones didn't make the decision about what we're going to do and that Sean did in this case because he was thinking ahead of time, like, you know what, it will be worse for our family if we wait to make such a big decision when we're already feeling really overwhelmed. Let's just create the space now, and then we can see what what we do after. There are so many, and I I personally know, I know three women who, um, you know, got pregnant by choice, did all the proper prenatal, had all the tests, and then they give birth, second child in all three instances, boy in all three instances. Interesting. Boom. Oh, we think this baby has Down syndrome. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think about them every day because it's like, okay, we can deal with that. But it's a, it was a surprise for them. Yeah. And the emotion that they went through, their families went through. I mean, the list goes on. I am I think I'm going to explore the, this topic in another uh, bring podcast. Bring me back after I have, after I have her. It's just, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. But you know what? Especially when we, you go through it yourself, as I have, absolutely. or with somebody. Absolutely. We have had the blessing of meeting families. One of them is 
um, Congresswoman uh, Kathy McMorris Rogers in the House. She has a son named Cole, who is the most like when Cole goes to an event, Cole is the star of the event. It doesn't matter that, you know, maybe the vice president's at the event. It doesn't (laughs) matter. Cole's there (laughs) and he's the star of the event. And so we have had um, the 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 blessing of having met families who have children's children with downs. And so we're we've we've always seen that they are they make those families stronger and so that's one of the things that Sean said and on that's the phone, what every actually. family says exactly that's what Sean said he said on that first phone call after you said that is that he's like every family we know that has a Downs kid says and of course we don't know I mean they give you a percentage at this right. stage of a pregnancy and I pray she's as healthy as she can be but it I could know. be, and so we're we're kind of open to it, and I setting give, ourselves up for whatever I God give gives you us. and families so much credit. And I look, um, I I look at families, you know, when I see them with a, a child with um, difficulties, and I, I, I they're so brave. Yeah, I mean they've accepted and happy. so many challenges and happy and happy, you know, and happy. I know. I remember when we were going through some things. Um, you know, we ultimately went to genetic counseling and. Uh, you know, as you get older, your chances of everything like skyrocket. And then my answer to the genetic counselor over and over again was like, well, that would be okay. I would accept that. They go through what you would accept in terms of defects. And she said to me, you know what, we're done. She's like, go have a baby. Yeah. I'm like, I didn't care. Yeah. But it took a long time for me to get to that point. I'm just tearing up because it's hard. It is. It's hard. And then I've seen my best friends go through it. It's just, you know. Yeah. So you're going to have a different family now. Yeah, maybe, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll definitely have a surgery, you know, two to five months after. They'll do a surgery and and fix her heart. But we just don't know what we're going to get. But we're just kind of open to whatever In God meantime, gives us. time, you have a hot book that's out. Thank you. Paloma wants to be Lady Freedom. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren. Um, I'm on super story excited about right it. now. It's on right now. There's not a lot of patriotic books about uniting America at this particular time. And it starts with moms and dads. We can't look to Congress or the Senate or the president or pundits. It really starts at home, these lessons. And so I think this is a really timely book in this day and age. Of course, the positive message in the household. Yeah. Best of luck on the book and everything else. Thank you, Lauren. You know, send best wishes to your husband as well as you guys enter this new New phase. phase. New phase. New New chapter. Change is good. Change is good. (laughs) It's hard when you're nesting, though. But yeah, I know. know. (laughs) His list, by the way, Lauren, is so long of stuff that I have him do. I think he might want to go. Okay, like what's number one on it? Um, so he's gonna do some painting. I'm our dog has (laughs) the nursery or like something else. Oh God, no! Like just other things I need painted. Um. Uh, my dog has peed so much on the basement carpet that we're ripping. So I'm getting new wood floors put in, but he's going to rip out the carpet. He's going to wish he was back in Congress. Who knew I'm Congressman tell you. Duffy was so handy? <laughs> Task rabbit, Congressman. I don't think yeah, he your he's handy, but, but I think he might be regretting this resignation by the time he gets to the bottom of my list. <laughs> Wait, how old is your oldest son? Um, my oldest son is 17, but I have a 20-year-old daughter. She's okay, actually, so they're both going to help. help. Yep, All right, there you help. go. You're set. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. Thank you. All right. 
I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in freefall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.